at the Sharp 600, brought to you by Covers.com. I'm Rob Cressy, and I'm super excited to be jamming with you. Today's episode is also brought to you by Bet America. Right now, they're running a promotion for current players, where if you place a bet of $5 or more, you'll receive $20 in free bets. All you've got to do is opt into the promotion. Eligibility and restrictions apply. See the website for details. And joining me on today's show to talk about the non-Thanksgiving Day NFL Week 13 action is football analyst Scott Shapiro. But first, every week I end the podcast by talking about being disciplined with your bankroll and money management. There's a reason why I do that, because it's a smart way to be a successful long-term sports better. And I'll give you an example. Last week, I started the college football Saturday 0-4-1. I know that I wasn't alone in this as I heard from a few others in the Sharp 600 community about their rough start. When I was soaking it in, I was very thankful that I bet the same amount on every game, AKA one unit, as well as the three other games that I had remaining, which by the way, each hit, which was an absolute blessing as I was able to claw my way back to just down a unit and a half, which felt like a victory in its own right. The reason for this is it's inevitable that you will have not just a losing week, but a disastrous one. It happens to all of us, and oftentimes by the slimmest of margins. Just ask anyone who had Air Force minus 22 and a half last week, and the game ended minus 22. You need to be able to live to fight another day, because while chasing games and doubling the size of your bet sounds sexy, it can be disastrous to your bankroll when something completely unexpected happens. Just ask anyone who was on the wrong side of the 49ers-Cardinals game two weeks ago. Woo! Now time for my Big Mick Moneyline Parlay Bet of the Week. I see they got the Big Mac. I got the Big Mick. Last week we won, taking our record to 7-2 and two on the season. And once again, it wasn't easy as Iowa State was down in the fourth quarter to Kansas and Washington State was down at the half to Oregon State, but both pulled out victories. I continue to be convinced that college is the better opportunity than the NFL from a consistency standpoint. I also continue to urge you to add in some money line parlays to your card. This week, I'm bringing a seven-team college football money line parlay. A $10 bet wins $8.97. Up first, we got UCF minus $16.05 taking on USF. UCF hasn't looked good the last few weeks, but they are good enough to beat a USF team, which I do not believe is good. Up next, we got Tennessee minus $16.05 at home taking on Vandy. Tennessee has really had a nice second half of the season as they're looking to actually do some damage in a bowl game. Up next, LSU minus 800 at home, taking on Texas A&M. Simply put, I don't believe LSU is winning this game. They've got much larger goals for this season. We've got Stanford at home, taking on Notre Dame. Notre Dame minus 725 on the road. This is my only road game bet. But Stanford is really bad, and I'm more betting against Stanford than I am on Notre Dame. We got Oregon minus 950, taking on Oregon State. Oregon's at home, looking for a bounce-back game for them, and I still believe that Oregon is a significantly better team. 
We got Florida minus 890 at home, taking on Florida State. And this is probably the game that gives me the biggest hesitation because in terms of rivalry games, uh, I think Florida State is the most competent of them that are out there. Last game, Michigan State minus 1475 at home, taking on Maryland. Michigan State burned me previously, not money line, but just in general. But here's the thing. Maryland is atrocious, having lost each of their last two games by 40 or more points. If you have a big Mick bet of the week going this week, make sure to send it over to me on Twitter, at Rob Cressy. If you smell what the rock is cooking. Before we get to the games, from our friends at Covers Experts, here's an exclusive offer for the Sharp 600 listeners only. Get 35% off any NFL product when you use promo code TURKEY2019. Take advantage of this limited-time Thanksgiving offer, save a little money, and follow the pros all the way to the bank. Again, that's TURKEY2019 for 35% off any NFL product. News team, assemble! And joining me to talk about NFL Week 13 action and to help you be a more informed better is Scott Shapiro, football analyst at Bet America. You can follow him on Twitter at ScottShap34. Scott, great to have you back on the show. Yes, sir, Rob. We're uh, getting towards the tail end of things here. Games are starting to mean a lot, uh, a lot more. You can always uh, tell that when Thanksgiving games come. But uh, happy Thanksgiving to those of you that hear this before or even after. Yes, and looking at this week's slate, I had a very difficult time. So in, in last week's episode, I shared a little bit more about my process, saying that I lay, let's call it half of my action on Monday when I see the lines. Can I get a key number? Can I get something that I like? But when I looked at the slate non-Thanksgiving games, I didn't like a lot of it. So for me, it was a little bit of a struggle to find some stuff that I did like. Yeah, I'm with you this week, and I'd say it's about half and half for me. Some weeks on Sunday night, I'm chomping at the bit for these lines to come out and to get four, five, six plays in to try to, like you said, beat the number. Half the battle in handicapping and betting sports is trying to get the best number you can. A week like this, there was not a lot of games that I was overly excited about jumping in. Usually a sign that I'm not in love with the slate, but, you know, we got a lot of time to do research and think about these games, and maybe we get a number we like later in the week. All right, so let's start with this. We've got the Giants at home taking on the Packers. Packers, six-and-a-half-point favorites. And this is one of those games where immediately you're drawn to the Packers. You're like, the Giants are terrible. They're 0-3 as a home dog, 2-5 and against the spread the last seven games. But guess what? The Packers looked atrocious in their game against the 49ers. Right tackle Brian Belaga is out for this game with an injury. Offensive line injuries do matter. Uh, on the plus side for the Packers, because they looked horrible against the 49ers, I'm always looking to back a team that got blown out. However, the Giants also looked horrible. I think the biggest challenge I have at this point in the season, it's very difficult to bet on bad teams, expecting something different to happen. I'm curious your thoughts on this game. Yeah, the Packers look terrible in that big spot, and their lack of urgency uh, was really troubling for me. Um, but I think that they're in a back bounce-back spot on offense in this game. The Giants are going to be without Jabril Peppers, who uh, – 
best member of a poor secondary. Uh, I expect him to or them to struggle to cover Devontae Adams and, and even the subpar second and third options for the Packers. I also expect the Packers to be able to run the ball much more than they did against the 49ers. So looking for Rodgers and them to bounce back, but I still don't trust this Packers defense at all, Rob. I think the Giants are going to be able to move the ball even without Golden Tate potentially out of the offense. Sterling Shepard's back. I'm looking for this game to be an over. I'm going to play over the total, and I'm going to pass on a side in this one, even though I wouldn't want to bet against the Packers in this bounce-back spot. Yeah, for me, this game is also a pass. It just has a little red flag for me because it seems too easy. You're like, of course the Packers are going to win. And when you think that, it always is a signal to me to be extra cautious. So I am passing on that. All right, next one, Seahawks laying three at home, taking on the Vikings. This is definitely a marquee matchup, one that we could see in the playoffs. Uh, Vikings coming off a bye week. But what I've noticed so far is that hasn't been a huge advantage for teams coming off the bye. Seattle just one and four against the spread as a home favorite. However, they have covered three in a row. The Vikings just one and three against the spread in their last four for me, my lean slightly would be to get the points because we follow the trend of road dogs getting points. And I do feel like there's a lot of sentiment on the Russell Wilson MVP hype train. And I know that he's good and the Seahawks are good, but all things considered, I would lean Vikings even though it's not going to be a play for me at the moment. Yeah, tough game, one that I really lack a strong opinion in. You have the Vikings who struggle with Kirk Cousins to win those big road games against quality competition. They were able to get over the hump against the Cowboys. If you consider them a very good team, the jury's still out on that. But then you have the Seahawks, as you mentioned, once a dominant team at home, one that you were scared to play against in CenturyLink Field. Not anymore. They've struggled at home, and they've done won all their games on the road. So, Tough game for me. I do think Seattle at some point is going to win and cover one of these games at home. And Russell Wilson, so good in prime time. But probably a stay away from me and two teams that will try to run the ball as much as they can. But we know they can pass the ball when they need to. See, I'm actually looking for when are the Seahawks not going to show up? It's one of those things that I think it was a narrative earlier in the season where is this Seahawks team as good as we all think? And they've continued to win and I've just always been slightly skeptical of it, even though they have certainly proven that they are a good team. Yeah, I mean, they could have beat the Eagles much worse than they did. Russell Wilson missed Jacob Hollister on a wide-open touchdown pass, a couple deep balls, one to DK Metcalf, barely out of reach. Their defense is getting better. I think with Quandry Diggs back there as a safety, it's helping prevent big plays down the field. They'll, be, they'll have a uh, tough time with Diggs and Thielen likely to be back, but – I don't know. I think this Seahawks team just has it a bit this year, and they should get Jadavian Clowney back. All right. The marquee matchup of the week, Baltimore Ravens laying six at home, taking on the San Francisco 49ers, the team that many think these are probably the top two teams, non-Patriots related, in the NFL. And right now the Ravens are steamrolling. They've won each of their last three games by 30 or more, including – putting up 40 points in each of those games. They've covered five in a row. On the flip side, the 49ers coming off a blowout victory over the Packers. Incredibly impressive. We've got two freight trains colliding right now. So some things of note. The 49ers are 3-0 and as a road dog this season. And get this. You know what one of those games was? 
in week two, they were a one-point underdog to the Cincinnati Bengals. Can you believe we have come that far? The 49ers were an underdog to the Bengals. Uh, another thing of note, though, the Ravens just one in three against the spread as a home favorite, and they are on a short week. Yeah, I think this line went from four and a half to six points uh, overnight after that impressive showing. This is a game where I'm kind of skeptical on whether the Niners are going to have their A game. And I know it sounds crazy in a marquee matchup, but two sandwiched by two big NFC games that will mean more when all is said and done. They had the powerful win on Sunday primetime against the Packers. They meet the Saints next week. But the Ravens coming off the short rest, are they going to have their A game? It's kind of funny because you would think in a marquee matchup like this, both teams would be fired up. And I'm sure they will be mentally, but will they bring it psychologically? It remains to be seen. I wonder if these defenses are going to be able to stop the opposition. I lean Niners in this game, Rob. I think you're right. This could be a, a precursor to the Super Bowl. I'm not – you you put a gun to my head right now. I'm taking the Ravens to beat the Patriots. You know, I know it sounds crazy and things change quickly, but uh, they didn't stop them once, and I don't know if they'll stop them next time. So, tough game, Rob. I'd take the points, gun the head, but not excited about wagering on it. So, this is actually a good segue to the six-point teaser segment that we're going to do. And when thinking about building the teasers this week, remember, I had a difficult time figuring out which, which games that I liked. So what I wanted to avoid is teasers of what's the narrative for how they could get spoiled. And when looking at this game right here, teasing the 49ers up to plus 12, that sounds like an amazing opportunity. However, I will say that that is my sucker bet of the week. Of course, that sounds phenomenal. But the narrative of how does that lose? Well, I can certainly buy into the narrative of Lamar Jackson putting up a quadrillion points in a row and seeing the way that the Ravens have been rolling. I can see where this could get out of hand. And that's what I really want to avoid with my teasers is what is my – look at the ceiling and the floor. And right now, there's some big-time issues on how good the Ravens are going. So, for me, I'm going with my first game. The Cardinals, I saw them last night at plus four, and I was like, boom, I can get that at plus 10. The problem was I couldn't find a second team to build this on. I had to do this an hour or two before this podcast. Because of it, after the game against the Rams, or the Rams-Ravens game, that line moved down to three. Nonetheless, give me the Cardinals. I'm teasing them up to nine. They're a team who, who have been very good against the spread. Uh, Aside from the worst backdoor cover, or the worst bad beat in the season against the 49ers there. So give me the Cardinals, teasing that up to nine. And then the other game for me, Eagles minus nine, taking on the Dolphins on the road. I'm going to tease that down to three because I think this is a get-right spot for the Eagles. The Dolphins have been sputtering the last two weeks. The Eagles are only one game behind Dallas, so they still have everything to play for. I don't like what I've seen out of the Eagles, but I do believe that this is a team that has larger goals, and this is an opportunity for them to get a victory and build that momentum. Yeah, well, interesting enough, uh, I'm going with the other side to start my teaser, and that's the Dolphins. I've seen that. Nine and a half or nine, nine and a half right now on Bet America. So we'll just say nine, though. I'll take the 15. I, I think you're right about the Eagles getting right in this spot, but their lack of weapons and the way Carson Wentz is playing right now, I can't, I can't 
not take over two touchdowns against a banged-up Eagles team. They probably find a way to win. They probably find a way to get it done for you and maybe even cover the spread. But I'm going to tease through the key numbers of 10, 11, 13, and 14. I like that a lot and put the Dolphins in there. And then my other six-point tees are not normally my style to take a a nine-and-a-half or ten-point home favorite. But Carolina, I know they had a tough loss, and I know their season might have come to a bit of an end. But the Washington Redskins needed four Lions turnovers and a kickoff return for a touchdown to barely beat the Lions at home. Uh, Dwayne Haskins, still a disaster. We've talked about him a couple times here on the pod. But Carolina is going to find a way to win this game and win it by at least four or five points. I think they probably route them. But uh, give me Carolina and Miami as my teaser this week, Rob. And I like where your head is at with Carolina because you and I have both very much been against uh, (laughs) Dwayne Haskins as the quarterback for the Redskins. So uh, I like where your head is at. Uh, Do you have a sucker bet of the week? Something that you're not necessarily playing, but one that stands out to you of be careful. Well, I don't, it's, it's, it's borderline sucker. I know we, we, you know, we've kind of still defining this on the podcast, but uh, I think Tennessee is a little bit of a sucker's bet this week. And I'd like the Colts in this game, but Tennessee's looked really good of late. They really piled the points on last week against Jacksonville, but they meet a Colts team that has beaten them three times in a row. They beat them in Nashville earlier this year. And the key is the Colts are very good against the run. Derrick Henry's on fire. But the Colts stopped that strong Texans running game last week. I think they stopped Derrick Henry in this spot and put the game on Ryan Tannehill. Tannehill's look great when he's throwing 20, 25 passes a game. But can he win a game on the road when it's on his shoulders? Be careful with the Texans or the Tennessee Titans this week. And this is a great segue to pick a loser, where our goal here is to pick a losing bet. On the season, I am 4-0-1, and I actually think there is some merit in this in the way that we think differently. So we're always trying to think about how do you pick a winner, but can we identify a losing bet, have that contrarian thinking? And for me, let's go to Jacksonville taking on Tampa. Jacksonville is a one-point favorite, and that line has been dropping. There is 80-20 rule action flying in everybody loves tampa oh my they are so sexy they just beat the atlanta falcons the most inconsistent team in the world you look at jacksonville they looked terrible against tennessee and tampa looked good adding on to this the jags 0-3 against the spread the last six but here's the thing tampa is just one in six against the spread their last seven so for me give me the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as the losing bet plus one. And I'm going to give a caveat here. I would wait as long as I can, and I will be betting Jacksonville in this. 100% I'm taking Jacksonville because I don't trust Tampa. But I'll be waiting on that. But nonetheless, for my official pick, Tampa plus one. Ah, I like it. Jacksonville likely to score a lot of points. Tampa held down the Atlanta defense last week. But before that, I think they gave up 27 or more points in a number of weeks. And those games have continued to go over in Tampa. So Jacksonville will find a way to score, Rob. My pick a loser is the Oakland Raiders. I not rarely am going to like a 10-point dog that's a fair borderline playoff team right now. But they were exposed by the Jets last week. Derek Carr continues to show he does not like playing in cold weather. Jared Goff gets a lot of heat for this, and deservingly so. But Carr, 2-9 and nine straight up when playing in weather that starts under 50 degrees, and he's been terrible in his five trips to Arrowhead Stadium. Chiefs off a bye. 
I don't trust their defense normally, but the Raiders will be without Hunter Renfro. They have limited options. I think the Chiefs steamroll the Raiders this week. Be careful taking the double-digit dog with the winning record. Which is actually, let's talk about our uncomfortable bet of the week because I think your side, both on the Raiders' side and the Chiefs' side, is not comfortable. It's not comfortable laying 10, especially seeing the success that the Road Dogs have had. But at the same time, they're 0% comfortable backing a Raiders team that just got blown out against the Jets against Kansas City. So for me, I'm going to keep it in the AFC West. And we got the Broncos at home taking on the Chargers. The Chargers are two-and-a-half-point favorites, and all the action has been coming in on the Chargers. It is getting close to 80-20 rule. And the Broncos are coming off a horrible loss to the Bills. Ding, ding, ding. Bounce back potential. For me, <laughs> I cannot trust the Chargers, period. The Broncos beat them by seven in L.A. earlier this year. And the Broncos are 5-3 and three as a dog this season. So for me, I want to wait, hopefully, to get this number at three. If that, if that number moves to the Broncos plus three, I am pouncing immediately because I do not trust the Chargers, albeit it is extremely uncomfortable to be betting the Broncos, their quarterback situation, and everything we're seeing there. There is nothing confident because I think we still believe the Chargers should be good. They should win this game. So because of that, the Broncos are my uncomfortable bet of the week. All right. Well, I like it. Full disclosure here. I did my uncomfortable bet last night before the uh, Rams-Ravens uh, game. So Arizona doesn't seem as uncomfortable anymore. Uh, I do like the Cardinals in that game. Like you mentioned, they're off the bye week. Rams on short rest. But I'm a little bit scared with the public now siding with Arizona after the Rams' awful game. So I'm going to go with a 1A uncomfortable bet on the fly here. Man, I like the Jets a lot. If when Ryan Finley was supposed to play quarterback against the Bengals. But now Andy Dalton back. Andy Dalton, not the savior of this franchise, but I'm expecting them to be a little bit on fire. Uh, on fire might be a big word, but come out with a little bit of fire uh, with Dalton back at the helm, be able to actually move the football. And the concern here is the Jets in role reversal. They were a home dog last week and took advantage against the Raiders. Now as a road favorite, Sammy D. Love you, Sammy. But how do you play when you're expected to win on the road? Always a tough task. Give me the Bengals as a semi-uncomfortable late decision bet of the week. And that's super interesting that you mentioned that because when I looked at the lines for this week, I saw Jets minus three and a half. But more importantly, I was like, how is it that the Bengals are only a three and a half point dog? And this is before the Andy Dalton news came out like 24 hours ago. I was like, this just doesn't make sense because I've been on the Jets each of the last three weeks, and it's been very profitable. And then once I heard that Andy Dalton news, I was like, I don't feel good about that because Andy Dalton is at least a competent quarterback. I believe he certainly gives them the best chance to succeed. There is nothing comfortable about betting this Bengals team, but I love your logic on all of this because it's a very sexy team in the Jets right now. Yeah, and I mean, Andy Dalton, Ryan Finley, I don't know how many points the, the odds makers claim that's worth, but if you've watched Ryan Finley play, it's worth a field goal minimum. And I just get the sense that, I mean, even though they moved the ball in that one play against the Steelers, that flailed duck that Tyler Boyd caught for a touchdown, I mean, that was the only play they made. Ugly game on both sides of the ball, no offense to your Steelers, but Andy Dalton would have won that game for the Bengals. You know, he's, he's a competent quarterback. When the system is right, he's fine. And I just get the feeling the Bengals are going to find 
a way to either hang in this game or get their lone victory of the year, Rob. I agree 100%. If Andy Dalton was in that game, I would have felt a lot more uncomfortable as a Steelers fan because he can move the ball and he's done it before. So let's recap our picks. For me, my six-point teaser, I'm on the Cardinals plus nine, the Eagles minus three. My pick-a-loser, pick-a-loser, Tampa plus one. My uncomfortable bet of the week, hopefully going to get the Broncos at plus three. Scott, what about you? My six-point teaser of the week is Carolina minus three and a half or four, depending where you're at. Miami plus 15, 15 and a half, that's the teaser. Uncomfortable bet. Early on was Arizona, not as uncomfortable. So we'll switch over to the Bengals, plus the points. Going to get that one win of the, their, uh, of the year. My pick-a-loser is the Raiders. They got exposed by the Jets. They're going to take on a Chiefs team off the bye. They might get blown out of Arrowhead. And my sucker bet, maybe not a sucker's bet to all of you, but I think people are going to lean on the Tennessee Titans off of the last couple solid outings. I think it might be a danger zone for them going into Indianapolis, Rob. Scott? Where can everybody connect with you? Best place is always on Twitter at ScottShap34. Also, my podcast uh, of my own, which you were on before, the Who Do You Like podcast can be found anywhere. And then my writing is on extra.betamerica.com, the Bet America blog. And I want to hear from you. What is on your NFL Week 13 card? Give us a pick a loser, uncomfortable bet, six-point teaser, or do you see a soccer bet out there? You can hit me up on Twitter at Rob Cressy and make sure to use hashtag Sharp 600 and be part of our community and also make sure to tag at covers. And with the Thanksgiving season around us, it is a season of giving. And one thing that I love is when I hear from the community, specifically on iTunes, I say it, if you subscribe, rate, and review and show us some love, we will show you some love back. And I got to give a shout out to Q Thugga who subscribed, rated, and reviewed, gave us five stars and said, awesome podcast, keep it coming. Finally, a sports gambling podcast that delivers great information. Let's win this money. Q Thugga, I very much am thankful for you and appreciate you listening, giving us a review, and being part of our community. Also, make sure to check into Bet America, where if you place a bet of $5 or more, you'll receive $20 in free bets. And remember, if you want to be a sharp, don't be a square with your bankroll. Be disciplined with your money management. The book of the devil hit you with the rap level of 10. The one, two, three, your pen. I get action. So everybody jump with your rope. Looking like the way the sound pump. Pump it in your black trunk. And let loose with the juice when I do rock. I'm too hot. Some say I got more juice than two pops.